Welcome to another episode of Pat and the Fat Man. We like to talk about movies, sports, and whatever we else we feel like. I'm Pat. I'm the Fat Man, otherwise known as Bruce. And today we're going to be talking about football. Football! So, foosball. I guess we could start the way we started our boozeball episode by explaining our uh, allegiances. Uh, yeah, I, I follow the Dallas Cowboys. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> managed to pay pay people ridiculous amounts of money for mediocre performance. <sighs> and the fat man is a fan of the Cleveland Browns. Wah, wah, wah. Yes, folks, there are Cleveland Browns fans out there. Dedicated fans. <laughs> They are. I mean, it's tough to beat the dedication of a Cleveland Browns fan, an actual fan. That's right. Because they haven't been good since, like, the 60s? <laughs> I mean, I want to say in the 80s they had a good run, too. Yeah. They, they basically haven't been good since Jim Brown. Once he left, it just, it just went downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, hilariously, for a game that we watch more of the games of, we know less about the end ending than we did. (laughs) 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 The Cowboys, it appeared this season, did this almost the same thing they did the season before, which is when they were supposed to beat a team, they did not. And then when they were supposed to get trounced, they somehow pulled it off. From what I can tell, it basically came down to if you left Dallas with options, then they would run over you. Right. But if you were able to shut down either the running game or the passing game, then the whole team shut down. Because for some reason, the coaching staff couldn't pivot. They had to have that, you know, all option possibility. Uh And so through the whole first half, Zeke's not getting anywhere because he keeps getting knocked down. They still give him the ball for the entirety of the second half. It's kind of like <laughs> the run game's obviously not working here, guys. Why do you keep going to it? But they couldn't. They didn't. They weren't just able, never able to pivot. Enough other coaches in the National Football League were able to figure that out <laughs> and effectively <laughs> shut down the Cowboys enough games so they couldn't make it to the playoffs, which was sad because we kind of started out the season looking pretty good. We won three games in a row, and then we lost three games in a row. And it was sort of like, oh, crap, we suck again. (laughs) Coming out of, like, Zeke getting the biggest payout in history, I guess, which I think has now been trumped by Prescott because he signed that, I guess, two weeks ago, maybe. But he's now got, like, $104 over some amount. It's so stupid, the amount of money involved. (laughs) Well, the thing about, you know, uh, Dak Prescott is, like, if they had another option for quarterback, they would have taken it. And so, in the meantime, they were screwing with him about pay. And it's like, well, either you have somebody that you want to go to or you don't. And honestly, I mean, you wasted so much time on Tony Romo that not giving this guy a chance is is kind of a dumb thing. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Prescott's not a bad quarterback. Basically, if he has to start scrambling and he's not ready for it, effectively, if he gets scared, more or less, then his passing drops out to nothing. Honestly, he's good at about... 20 yards, 25 yards, maybe long stuff. Not so great, uh-huh. but he's good at the short pass. He's a decent runner. If you give him the ball and make a hole for him, uh-huh. he can get some yards. He had several touchdowns this year. He, he knows how to do the running game. He knows how to 
make passes. He's uh-huh. not a great long passer. You know, he's got stuff to work on. He's young. He can do well. I think he's a decent quarterback. You know, he's definitely not the best in the league. I, I'm not really sure who is at this point. You know, for a while there, it was kind of easy to point to Tom Brady, but his performance last year kind of pointed out the fact that, you know, he's kind of getting old. Right. <laughs> he's on the downhill, especially since he's going to the Bucks. <laughs> well, which is exactly why, you know, New England let him go, you know. So, I don't know who is. Just because I, I like where Tannehill came from, Texas A&M. Uh-huh. I mean, he wasn't the greatest quarterback since sliced bread when he played for A&M, but we had one of the best quarterbacks of all time. He turned out to be nothing in the NFL. Right. So you, you just never know how that's going to turn out. Right. Yeah, with the Browns, it just it, it got off onto the wrong foot and they couldn't get back on track. You could see that there were flashes of a really good potential, and it never got on the right track, and that was unfortunately because of the coach, which I had a lot of faith in. He was brand new. I mean, like he had just gotten the offensive coordinator position the year before, and then they bumped him up, you know, this past year to head coach. And, you know, there was a lot of faith in him because he was a football player and, you know, the guys really respected him. Our quarterback really respected him. So we figured that that would play well, and it just didn't. He couldn't manage. He couldn't manage time. He couldn't manage. And I wanted to give him a shot because the Browns go through head coaches like crazy. And, you know, we got a new one again this year. Which is kind of like the opposite of the of the Cowboys because they had Garrett for 10 years. Uh-huh. 10 years of, of not great football. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mediocre football. Sure. And now he got the boot. We've got a new guy. And, uh, you know, the reality is, though, Jerry Jones runs the team. Right. He's not just the owner. He's the general manager. Right. And I also think he's the play caller. Right. <laughs> and I don't know if the team will ever be any good. As long as they've got Jerry Jones's hand up the <laughs> you know. Very much the George Steinbrenner of football. <laughs> Wait, what? George Steinbrenner is the owner of the Yankees. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I guess the other thing we can talk about is uh, the CBA, the Collective Bargaining Agreement that they just passed. And the, the broad strokes, I don't know all the little details, but the broad strokes are that, A, this deals for the next 10 years, so there won't be a lockout for 10 years. That's good. And that the bottom line salary was raised for, for players, which is good. And that players on the practice teams are getting paid more. And that they, they're allowing more players to dress for games, which means they'll get paid for, for you know, being in games. Okay. So it allows for a lot of the non-superstars to get paid more. However, it also does, it adds another game to the season. Oh, really? Uh, they'll go to a 17-game season, I think, next year. 20. 20- 21, I guess? Uh, yeah, I think so. And they're going to reduce the number of preseason games. So they're basically going to replace a preseason game with a full season game? Yeah. It was generally a good deal for the non-super uh, star uh, players. That's nice to hear. Because you always kind of wonder that guys coming in from college, rookies and stuff, you know, how much are they getting paid? How long? Hey, what's a rookie contract like? What's it like joining the NFL? So rookies come in and sign a four-year deal. So no matter what, whatever they're getting paid, they're getting paid that for the first four years. Minimum annual salary for a rookie active roster player with a one-year contract is $480,000. That's a one-year contract, minimum. So $480,000 a year for four years. Right. But you get drafted, right? So you, you don't get to choose where you go. So what you can do is you can get drafted by a team, but you can tell them you're not going to play for them. That's what happened with both Peyton and Eli Manning. Especially Peyton is that, you know, he said the rundown, like, oh, this team's probably going to pick you at one. And that's how it was. going to go pick Eli, but he's like, I'm not going to play for them. 
And so that team had to make a deal with the Giants, you know, to get him. So if you get drafted to a team as a rookie, can you negotiate with them how much they're going to pay you? I mean, you can, but typically you don't. Okay. If you're being drafted at a high draft level, anywhere from the first three rounds, Mm -hmm. they're going to offer you more. They're not going to say, we're only going to pay you this much, because the idea there is that they're going to pay you well to keep you if you perform well, because you're going to get that four years no matter what. That's if you're drafted. How many people walk on then? How many? Not many. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Most people go to the draft, right? <laughs> right. Now, some people do do walk-ons. There were actually this past year. Yeah, there was a guy who showed up to Brown's camp because he was told that there was a, uh, a camp, a workshop for players. He came there with no money. Like, he slept on a bench oh, wow. and shows up to practice, and he did a really impressive job. And so the guys were rooting for him. And I think he made it through training camp, and they signed him on to one of the lesser dream lines, but I don't know if he's still there. But essentially, he showed up, and he wasn't invited to camp. He just showed up, started playing, and they're like, oh, well, who are you? Like <laughs> uh, He pulled a Willie Mays Hayes. Wait, maybe I don't know that story. Well, it's not a real person. Oh. It's from Major League, the movie. Oh, okay. Wesley Snipes' character? Yes. Yeah, he just shows up. With his clubs? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so how long has the season been delayed because of the virus del corona not at all because i mean right now nobody's in camp they're still planning on holding the draft they're still doing free agent meetings because most of these meetings can be done over the phone Mm -hmm. they're talking about at the combine they had limited in-person meetings interviews with media were set up where the reporters are like six feet from the person you're interviewing so, I mean, it really hasn't affected football. 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 Well, actually, it did affect. It affected the XFL. Well, yeah, we talk about the XFL, I mean, which is rough for them because it's their first season. Right, it was their first season. They got halfway through it, and then they had to call. They called the whole thing. Yeah. And they called it. They didn't, like, we're going to postpone it. They're like, no, we're calling it. Because the, the reality is that was a quick season, right? Yeah. The way the XFL is organized Eight teams, so. But there's only 10 weeks of playing in the regular season. So you get 10 games, and then, so it's, uh, you know, two and a half months, and that's it. That's the whole season. And then you get your your playoffs. I think it's just a, was it, four teams, right? And so it's, yeah, three games, effectively. It's kind of like the college playoffs, <laughs> which that's another discussion. <laughs> that, that discussion will go on and get heated <laughs> because college playoffs are stupid. <laughs> But, you know, I'll say this. I did watch a little bit of it, and it is interesting. There's a lot of really good stories in there. Oh, it looks like they're going to go to a nine-team system at, at some point. Well, I imagine they're trying to pick up franchises. Well, because like on their webpage, they've got all these team names, and at the bottom it says Team 9. Hmm, okay. I don't think that's, like, the actual team's name, because that would be very interesting. <laughs> I actually really like the Dallas team logo. <laughs> the Marauders? Yeah. No, they're not the Marauders. They're the Renegades. And I really like it because it's a, a mirrored image of the logo from the Bandits, which is the Gotham City team from The Dark Knight Returns. Oh. <laughs> if, you, if you watch close to the beginning of The Dark Knight Returns, Bane collapses in that football stadium. Yeah. The Gotham team, they're the Bandits, and their logo looks almost exactly like the Renegade logo for Dallas, <laughs> which I thought was really cool. 10 years ago <laughs> I'm definitely going to get me some renegades and you know what it's probably not going to cost me an arm and a leg like getting a cowboy shirt would yeah right I really hate that because there's 
like I, I would like to wear Rangers clothes or Cowboys clothes or even stars. Well, I don't think stars are probably going to cost very much money, but <laughs> you know, Mavericks stuff, but it's just too damn expensive. I'm not going to pay 50 bucks for a shirt. I'm sorry. Right. I just, I get, I have that same heartburn when I go to Disney. And I'm like, oh, that's a nice collared shirt. Oh, no. I'm not going to pay $85 for a collared shirt. What are you fucking crazy? <laughs> right. Like, if this was a button-down dress shirt, sure, maybe I'd think about it. But it's not. <laughs> it's a three-button collared shirt. And that's the other thing. Like, going to Cowboys game, I think I can get seats for maybe 300 bucks in the nosebleeds. Uh-huh. And that's maybe. depending, You know, if we're playing somebody nobody wants to watch, like Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> But I think for going to a Renegades game, like being 50-yard 50, 50 line was $100. Even with a half first season, I don't think that the XFL is going anywhere. I, I hope it sticks around because I think next year I might try and go to half or more of the games. Well, I guess I could only go to half the games because there's only going to be five home games. <laughs> <laughs> so I go to all five home games yeah, and take my kids because the game's faster, right? It's not a four-hour time commitment like it is at the NFL. I think a lot of the rules changes are really interesting. I think that the XFL is going to be the testing ground for rules changes. Maybe they'll finally figure out pass interference. <laughs> yeah. No. No. <laughs> well, because the interesting part, too, is, is like how even watching it on TV, now when there's a question made for the review booth, there's a camera in the booth looking at the guy making the call, listening to how he explains the penalty or the reversals. What is he doing while he's watching that? Is that a zipping noise? What? What? What is going on here? Pan away! Pan away! (laughs) (laughs) Why? (laughs) But uh, I think, like, the extra point system is really interesting because it's like, well, that's kind of cool because they're not guaranteed points. Okay, so explain how they do extra points. So extra points now are all point conversions. No more field goals. At least in the in the XFL. Okay. So if you want the one point, the ball set at like the two yard line. Two points set up at like the five yard line, and I think there's a three point option set at like the eight or ten yard line. You get to determine how many points you could, you want to go for. You know what's interesting about that? The further out you are, mm-hmm. the easier it is to make a passing play when you're in the red zone. <laughs> right. For some teams, going for the three points is going to be more beneficial than trying to go for like the two. Then go for the one point. That's going to be hard not to get. You know, you do a QB sneak or whatever. So here's the question. Is is there at any point in the game where a foot touches the ball <laughs> anymore? Yes, the kickoff. And the kickoff is interesting because now what you have is the kicker who stands at his end where he normally would. What is it, like the 40-yard line or something? Or, yeah. And the receiver's back down in his end. But the rest of the teams line up on the receiving team's 30-yard line and face each other. Huh. Okay, now that changes things quite quite a bit. <laughs> okay, I'd have to watch that because that's got to be really interesting. <laughs> that's really different. So I think a lot of these little changes are an interesting way to like play out rules and see how it changes the game. And yeah, so I, I'm kind of excited for it next year. I got to be honest. I hope I hope it happens. You know, I hope they don't fold up. It seems like they're well organized, and the fact is, is they went ahead early and got the TV contracts that they needed because the XFL games were on ABC. Or in other networks, I'm sure. Yeah. But I remember watching on ABC on a, what was it, like a Saturday or something going, wow, there's football on. 
on a major network. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hidden down in ESPN 8, the Ocho. <laughs> I love that is, I mean, Dodgeball has so many, so many good scenes. But that is by far one of the ones I just laugh so hard at. That's because, like, if you listed all the ESPN channels, you're like, why are there this many, <laughs> you know? ESPN, the Ocho. <laughs> and, like, the sports they show, my favorite are the two guys who are, like, whipping each other with snakes. <laughs> 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 like, just, just Which is funny because it's, it's, it's almost like what they're doing now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, that's what was funny about it. It was like, yeah, no, I could see them showing that. <laughs> I mean, I remember for the longest time, they had professional arm wrestling on there. They they do the spelling bee, the national spelling bee every year is on ESPN. Uh, that's actually kind of cool, I gotta admit. <laughs> but is it really a sport? <laughs> it is for some of those stations. <laughs> yes, for nerds, Pat. It's sports for nerds. <laughs> okay, so do we want to move on to college? We both watch A&M, sadly. <laughs> you know, we came into last year with a lot of promise. I know in the college world of sports right now, everything is shut down. Okay, so they're not even playing now. Which is a bummer for a lot of these kids. Well, yeah, you only have so many years of eligibility. And this year's seniors get passed along, and next year's seniors get a chance at it. Yeah. Because they're going to be like, sorry, not what we can do. We got these superstars now. And they haven't been sitting around for a year. Yeah, true enough. Which is the bigger bummer right now in, in a lot of sporting events. It's because, like, say this carries on into the Olympics. A lot of these athletes, they're one and only shot. Oh, yeah. All that money and time spent training, gone. You know, there's some there's some Olympic athletes that can do multiple Olympics, right? You have, you know, Phelps is like the poster boy mm-hmm. for that, right? He made three or four because uh, he did the last one, right? Yeah. And he did, he did China, I think... He did Beijing, he did London, he did Brazil. 2004, where was that at? Athens. That was the one that was back in Athens. Oh, no, wait. His first was in Sydney. Odd. So he made five. That was, what, 2000? Yeah. But most people, they get one shot. And a lot of people, you don't get any shots. Like, you peak in that two-year time frame between the games, and you're not good enough. Like, you're not coming up, you're not going Uh down. Uh, you're you're too far on both sides of the slope, and you get no games. Like swimmers, for some reason, it's different. Like there's a 30 year old woman who who won a medal last <laughs> last Olympics. But most of these people, you have to be at the very top of your game and the right age, and to have just a summer Olympics not happen. Mm. I can't devastating is the correct word, but we use it so much in common parlance. Like we need a new word. Well, we're Americans. We're great at that stuff. <laughs> Catastrophic, I guess. <laughs> Can we find a word that hasn't been overused by the media? No. No, we can't. Devastratic? <laughs> yes. This is devastratic. <laughs> did you just make up a new word? I did, because we don't have a good enough word. <laughs> I find that funny about English, because you can just, you can, in fact, make up words, and we do all the time, and we go forward with it, and we forget old words, and we have, like, a million different words for all these different little nuances. Like, there's a difference between devastated and catastrophic, right? And there's a difference between amazing and awesome. Like, but they both are in kind of, like, the same realm. And then you get words like love, and it's like, we've got one word for a thing that's probably got the most boundless explanation ever, but we're stuck with this one <laughs> word that we all use incorrectly. <laughs> and it's like, damn it, English, get your shit together. <laughs> oh, uh, so I did say that uh, the se- the regular season was going to be expanded by a game. That all started in 2021. However, this year, 
they are going to expand the playoff field by two teams. So now two more teams will be playing in the playoffs this year. Well, I think if if that had been true last year, the Cowboys might have actually made it. Right. <laughs> this is part of the thing is that so many times in the NFL season, the schedules, the way that the final rankings work out is that it's so close. There's like 10 teams that are like on the bubble. Mm-hmm. So this adds a little bit more to that. They can expand the regular season to 17 games as early as 2021. Nice. And this deal will, will go all the way through the 2030 season, and owners will get to vote for the expansion of that 17th game between 2021 to 2023, see if they should do that, which will probably happen. On the one hand, it creates better revenue for the teams, and on the other hand, it means one more game that players get paid. Mm. This year, players will get 47% of the league revenue. So that's just NFL's money. Money that would go to the NFL, Mm, 47% is going to go to the players. Interesting. Okay, so why did they make that move? Uh, I think it's just part of the the money aspect. You know, again, with the raises, they're saying, okay, if we don't have a lockout for 10 years, this is what you're going to get. Okay, I got you. Yeah, it says the the expansion of the postseason by two team or by two teams will generate an estimated one hundred and fifty million dollars, according to the NFL's player association memo. Forty seven percent of that is seventy point five million. So that's seventy point five million dollars that will be available to the players. Uh, if by the just the expansion of two teams in the playoffs. How are they splitting it out to the players? Is it like every player gets an equal share? So what that's going to basically do is go to the Players Association and how it's doled out from there. It seems like a... uh one of those, you know, mafia-style things where a couple of guys are going to walk away with a bunch of the bird teamsters <laughs> kind of things. It is a union. Yeah. And all the players, you know, had to agree to this, and it was a, a close one. Oh, really? So it was 1,019 yes votes to 959 no votes. 60 votes. That actually is pretty close. Mm-hmm. There were so many stars, like, you know, like Aaron Rodgers that were against it. Okay, so how come there are people against Because it changes the cap, too, and, and how much they can increase. And they not think it was enough? And I think when they're getting paid Yeah, off. I guarantee you that's what it was. Greedy bastards. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> let's, let's put this in perspective. They make more money than country, several countries do. <laughs> what a lot of people don't know is when you hear practice squad, you don't realize what a practice squad is. And that is these guys show up. When Sunday comes around and the guys play their game, the winners get Monday off. The losers practice on Monday and go Monday through Friday and usually have Saturday off. And in all of those cases, the practice team is there every day. They're going helmet to helmet. They're full pads, full contact every single day. And they're going up against the fourth, the third, the second, and the first string guys every day. They get to sit out Sunday, and then Monday rolls around, they're back at it. So these guys are getting the crap beat out of them for five days out of the week, whereas the starting players get you know the crap beat out of them intermittently. <laughs> Right, or maybe or not maybe at all. Not at all. On right. health. Oh, yeah, he can't take any more practice hits. <laughs> <laughs> we can only let him get hit right. on the field. <laughs> but these guys, you know, they're they're taking it in the teeth, and they don't get paid very right. much for exactly. it. exactly. You know, and it's all because they're hoping they'll get noticed and get promoted. So was this a bad deal for them? No, this was a good deal for the practice guys. The minimum pay is getting pumped up. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. Bleep the stars. Let's be honest. <laughs> they make enough money as it is. <laughs> they really do. And thank God for salary caps, because then they'd have something akin to... 
like what Major League Baseball is going through right now. And let's be honest, like, and, you know, I mentioned this before. I can't afford to go see a, a Cowboys game. I just can't. Even just going by myself. Mm-hmm. It's too much money. And I'm not rich. I mean, I've gone to a couple of Tampa Bay games because it's cheap because the Bucks suck. <laughs> you know, even then I'm still paying 60 bucks for nosebleeds and Thank God it's a nice stadium that I could see well from just about anywhere. Yeah, it is a pretty good stadium (laughs) from that perspective. Mm -hmm. Some of these teams, the more you pay the players, the more you have to charge the fans. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like going to see, trying to go see a game in Yankee Stadium. Mm -hmm. The ticket prices are freaking ridiculous. And and that's just kind of a state of affairs of anything in New York because the cost of living is so ridiculously different than it is everywhere else. Except for like L.A. Mm -hmm. or Seattle. (laughs) It just doesn't make any sense to me as a franchise owner. It makes a lot of sense to me to want to cap how much these people make because I want to be able to fill seats, right? Right. If I get one guy to buy a ticket at a thousand, or if I get four guys to buy a ticket at three hundred bucks, I made money. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd rather not charge as much money per ticket so I can get more people, make it up in volume, as they say. I mean, let's be honest. This is a game, right? This is entertainment. Right. This is a night at the movie theater kind of thing. Right. I'm going to pay for it what I think it's worth, and I don't think it's worth going to see the Cowboys in person for the amount of money they want me to pay for it. I can just watch it on TV. Yep. I can go to Hooters, (laughs) and, you know, for the price that I paid, I can get a crap ton of, you know, chicken wings. On the other side of that, looking at the XFL game prices... I'm down. (laughs) Like, I'll go see that. I mean, going to an NFL game is kind of like saying you went to a concert. It's really cool to say you were there for that experience, you know? Yeah. But the same token, eh, I'll have to go. Back in Lakeland during training, the NFL network was on the TV and they were showing an old game of Bucks versus the Giants. And that was the game Kathy and I went to last year, which was exciting that we went there because it came, it turned out to be a really good game at the end. It came down to a a missed field goal. But we thought it was all over. We were just like watching, like, oh, here it goes. You know, it's a, it's a three point kick from like thirty something yards. This is done, and it and he missed. It was like, holy crap! <laughs> so it was cool to be there. But if the ticket price had been higher than what it was, we would never have gone. And that and having gone there before, we found what made going there manageable because the way the Bucks and I don't know how they do it at Cowboy Stadium, there was a refillable popcorn bucket, refillable drink, and so if you did that, I mean. Right there, you can make your money back on that, you know? Yeah, I've only sat in two types of seating. One where that was definitely not the case. <laughs> it was like mid-level seating, I guess. Uh-huh. And then one where that was definitely the case because it was a box. yeah but that that's like a a special that's not like you know no it wasn't even like it was it was a personal room like a suite yeah this was economical from a middle class person you there was a line for for refills only like you just walked up and handed whatever it was told them what you want they give it to you you know that was true at another sporting event i went to recently they weren't free, but they were only like a dollar versus the normal like six dollars i want to say that was the rangers Mm-hmm. But I don't remember. Could have been AM. Might have been. I don't know. I've been to so few sporting events in person the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it is starting getting a little a little bit of out of hand. Really, anytime you, you hear the big names saying that they don't like this deal, it's like, should you really have that much of a say in it? <laughs> you know, you're gonna tell the guys who are making, you know, ten times less than you that, you know, they shouldn't take this deal. <laughs> like I'm wondering how how did you convince those folks to vote the way you want them to. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing that there are increases to retirement packages and uh, securities and things like that for players, you know, and 
more money going into research and treatments and programs for certain football related injuries for players well everything's you know kind of focused in on the head injuries at this point because mm-hmm. we went from there being concussions okay we got to figure that out so mm-hmm. you know helmet development and then we realized okay no there's still a problem here you're getting it's not just concussions there's another level like micro concussions or whatever they're calling them micro fractures and, and so where you have brain damage occurring because of long-term stuff and so you have the institution of these rules going to helmet helmet and targeting and that kind of stuff you know i think it's going to keep going because i i think the research is basically coming out that no really the way we play this game tackling people is (laughs) is causing long-term brain damage (laughs) that's the other reality too about these guys is they only play for 10 15 years i think a linebacker they're only like what five to eight is how long they last yeah but those guys are huge i mean they're huge they're throwing themselves yeah and and eventually one part of that body is going to give out right (laughs) like might be the knees might be the hips might be your head <laughs> something's gonna give when you're that big and you're doing the things you're doing mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to next year i think i don't know I, i'm trying to keep my expectations low so i don't get so very disappointed by either team <laughs> <laughs> but i found just like fantastically sadly hilarious is that for both AM and for the cowboys it seems like they have the same exact problem <laughs> or have had the same exact problem the last two years and that has been it's all kind of centered on the quarterback and i think i think this year it was more around garrett's coaching than it was about, about prescott uh-huh. and on the other side in AM, i think it was more about fisher i see i think his coaching was okay, but it was more Mond, right? Right. He was more comfortable in the pocket than he has been in the past. There wasn't as much as an obvious change after the Alabama game, because there always is. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, we had already played Clemson <laughs> by that time. Well, that and our schedule is such a tough schedule. I mean, like we said, we faced off against, what, four number one opponents, you know, throughout the year? Uh, three. Three. Yeah, when your schedule is uh, number one team in America... Then you play the number nine team, right? which was Auburn. They beat us up pretty good. And then you play a bunch of no-names, or not no-names, but unranked. And then you play the number one team again, because it's Alabama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you play a couple more unranks. And then you play the number four team, which is Georgia. And then you play the number one team at that time, which was LSU. And so, <laughs> you know, there was no way. It was, it was funny. We kept going up and down in the rankings. Because nobody knew where to put us. Because I think against Arkansas, we looked terrible. I think that game was like 30 to 28. Uh-huh. We didn't look very good. And then, you know, Arkansas was unranked at that time. Right. But then you go against, like, when we played, like, South Carolina or Mississippi, or Ole Miss, where we looked great, <laughs> you know, <laughs> against an unranked team. So I, it, it was hard to, to figure out where we were. But the problem was we had two kinds of teams in our division. And that was either the number one team or not. <laughs> right. And that's what's so difficult for AM. I was like, as opposed to like the Cowboys, the Cowboys know who they're going to play every year. And it's not like you have those divisional ups and downs. It's like, you know, you know who you're playing, you know who you have to, to win against. So in the NFL, it's more of like just getting it done. Whereas in college football. Yeah, year to year. Uh, LSU was amazing last year. They, they had a phenomenal, phenomenal football team. Mm-hmm. How many of those guys left? Right. Same thing with Alabama. Yeah, exactly with Alabama. Is that They did it multiple years in a row, and you're just like, I mean, that's impressive because normally they go through the ups and downs because not every class is the same. Not everybody clicks. Mm-hmm. Like You might have the talent, but if they're not working together, it doesn't matter. Right. And I think more of that is the, the problem with A&M, and I think 
Jimbo Fisher's trying to figure out how to do that with this team and with the school, I should say, and the culture there. Because you have to marry the school culture with the team and try to get everyone to click. I think that's what he's going through. Because he's only been there two years now, right? Yeah, this will be his third coming up. Yeah. So this year will be be his third year. I think this year we'll have a better idea of how he's doing. Uh, I think we'll be stuck with him regardless for a little while just because with what you're paying him and what's out there. I mean, if you can't do it with Jimbo Fisher, it's going to be hard to do it with just about anybody else. Right, because then you're looking at trying to hire a coach away from Alabama, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, effectively. You know, and as far as getting... Getting kids into the culture, that's that's one of the things I love about AM as a school is the culture. Right. You know, the kind of togetherness, you know, stick together, you know, Aggies. You're never not an Aggie. You're only a former student, right? Right. Everybody wears the rings. You know, we're, we're all we're all in this together kind of a uh, mentality to the end. And then trying to bring kids in from all over, they don't care about that. Like, they care about playing in a football team and, and getting their contract and going off and, you know, making millions of dollars, right? And you trying to integrate those kids into the mindset that, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I can't say that's with all the other schools. Like, say, Alabama, obviously, has got a strong culture. Florida's got a strong culture. Georgia's got a strong culture. Obviously, LSU's got a strong culture. Ohio. So there are some of those schools that do that. But, you, yeah, there's a lot of schools that you got to think that maybe culture's not the strongest thing out there. Well, I, I'm not saying they don't like. I think that's a challenge for any coaching staff. Yeah, is bringing the kids in. Folks like me who weren't going to school for football, mm-hmm. <laughs> going to school to get a degree. You kind of have two things you look at. You know, you look at the school itself, and then you look at you know, is this school good for my degree and that kind of thing. And then and the school itself part, you're looking really not at the at the academic potential of the school, like right. unless you're uh, unless you're a lawyer. Which, right. In which case you're screwed. Like you, you have to go to the most best, or or if you live in like New York or California, so you have to either go to Berkeley or to uh, Stanford. Right. <laughs> you know, you know, you have to go to one of those named colleges that everybody just knows about, so you get hired. You know, for the rest of humanity, where it doesn't really matter where you go, as long as you get your degree for the thing you want to try and do. Then the bigger question becomes, does the culture at the school matter? Right. And if it does, then, then how does it matter? And I think the, you know, for most kids playing football or playing sports, the goal for them is is to play for a team where they're going to get seen and, you know, get the national spotlight so that they can go on. And whether or not I need to integrate myself as part of the culture is not going to be on, on the high point of any of the lists. And let's be honest, these kids, are, they're usually sequestered, right? They live in their own dorms. They live in their own set of, of housing. They they go, they have their kind of set of classes they go to, you know, they're, they're kind of, man, they're micromanaged. Kind of, because you do hear the stories where they do go out and at bars and whatnot if they're old enough and, you know, they're out partying and stuff happens. Yeah, you know, certainly the, the colleges try to sequester them as much as they can. Right. And I, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. Like, <laughs> like if you're going to try and integrate them into the culture of the school, sequestering them it makes it difficult. I mean, because like I said, I don't know how strongly. I mean, I'm sure it's every school. It's different on how strongly they do that. Because in order for them to feel connected to the team, they got to feel like they're connected to the, to the community. But at the same token, you got to be careful because then they could be put in a real awkward position to route and somebody says something to them about last week's, you know, law. Yeah, I mean, it's a balancing act. Uh-huh. I think for a lot of coaches, it's a difficult balancing act to, to do. And modern technology doesn't help any. <laughs> <laughs> By that, you mean social media, I think. Yeah. <laughs> 
Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Pat the Fat Man. As we've said before, we do have a Patreon. So if you're interested in supporting the podcast, head over to the website, patandthefatman.com, and click on the Become a Patron button and uh, become a fan or a really big fan or a huge fan or whatever kind of fan you want to be. And the more of a fan you are, the more involved with the podcast you'll be. And we we do appreciate your support. It all goes to our lovely and talented and wonderful uh, producer who makes the podcast listenable for you folks. And uh, we we give her our deepest apologies for having to listen to us over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) Especially being sequestered by the virus. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Maybe that's what she's doing, cranking these things out. (laughs) So uh, this has been another episode of Pat and the Fat Man. I'm Pat. I'm the Fat Man, otherwise known as Bruce. Stay classy. Gig him. This is the uh, waiting for Bruce to figure out what he's looking up music. Uh, yeah. <laughs>